0: Thanks for listening to the Courageous Church Podcast. We want you to know that wherever you are, God is with you. We hope this message leaves you feeling loved, encouraged, and courageous. We thank you for tuning in. Courageous Church, Courageous People. And now, here's today's message. Go to Luke chapter 10. Today, I am deviating from our under construction series. We'll jump back into under construction as we get into the building next week, and we continue to be under construction But Today, I felt the need to uh, really, really uh, shift gears a bit because of what's happening in our country, uh, what's happening in our state specifically, and I know that's on a lot of your hearts and a lot of your minds as you guys are watching online and as you guys are physically in this room. Our hearts and our prayers are with the people there uh, down below in Naples and Fort Myers and uh, Port... Port Charlotte, uh, all of those people that are down there without power, without without a lot of resources that we take advantage of, I'm sorry, that we take for granted, not take advantage of, take for granted uh, sometimes, and so there are things that they don't have today that we have, and so I just, I hope, I hope you let out a shout of praise during worship. I hope worship was just a little bit more special for you today, knowing that it could have been Tampa. It, it, I, I'm looking at this picture now, and this picture of Tampa could have looked a lot differently than what it looks like right now, if that if that hurricane had hit this city, and 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 we are we are broken hearted by what has happened down down south, and we want we want you to know if you're down south and you're watching this and you're seeing this, we want you to know we're praying for you. We want you to know that we're thinking about you. We want you to know that help is on the way. And by the end of this service, you'll know what Courageous Church is doing because we're on our way. Amen oh yeah y'all can say amen it's all right like amen what what, what we doing then pastor tell me what we doing we'll get there in just a minute amen turn in your bible to luke chapter 10 i'm gonna do a one-off message today i really believe it's fitting i think you're gonna get a lot out of it i really believe god's gonna speak to you in a special way and we're gonna go into a conversation with jesus and a lawyer where my lawyer's at Yeah, we got a few lawyers at this church, yeah. Uh, 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 If you need lawyer services, we got enough of them in the room to cover you in every dimension. I mean, we got all kind of lawyers in this place. And so God has blessed us with such a tremendous church. And so today we're going to see a lawyer talk to Jesus. And uh, this is going to be a great conversation. It's in Luke chapter number 10, that is verse number 25. And it says, And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Don't do this, lawyers. I don't want you to test Jesus. Okay, don't be testing Jesus like this. Let's just take note of what's going on here. He tested him saying, teacher, what shall I what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, what is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So he answered and said, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength, and with all of your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have answered rightly. Do this, and you will live. But he but he wanted to justify himself, say, but, but he, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? So look at your neighbor and say, are you my neighbor? Oh, y'all, let, Mr. Rogers wants to preach. Say, would you be? Could you be? My neighbor. Are you my neighbor? Then Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell amongst thieves, who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now, by by chance, a certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. My goodness gracious. Likewise, a Levite, which is a worship leader or someone who works in this particular area up here in this 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 region that I'm standing in. When he when he arrived at the place, he came and looked and passed by to the other side as well. Those are two bums. I have no association with them at all. Verse 33 says this, though. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. Someone say compassion. Say it with the Holy Ghost. Somebody say compassion. compassion. Yeah. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, poured on oil and wine, and he sat him on, on, on his own animal, brought him in, brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the next day when he departed, he took out two denarius and gave them, and gave them to the innkeeper and said, Yeah, denarius, thank you. Take care of him. And whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So which of these, which of these, which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell amongst thieves? And he said, he who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. I want to, I want to run you back up to that 33rd verse. Run back up to that 33rd verse. This is why I want to kind of, kind of, kind of put my flag in the ground and talk to you today about. It says but a certain Samaritan as he journeyed came where he was and when he saw him he had compassion. I want to talk to you from the subject the eyes of compassion. The eyes of compassion. Spirit of the living God breathe fresh on this word. I know a lot of us have heard the story of the Good Samaritan, but God, help us to see something about the Samaritan today that helps us to see ourselves. Lord, by the time we finish with this message, Lord, I pray that we would be challenged to change. I pray that we would be challenged to be and do and understand the Word of God the way that you want us to. Holy Spirit, would you come and breathe on this Word today? Holy Spirit, without you present today, we won't get a clear understanding of what you want to say. Lord, I thank you for the words of Jesus, but Lord, I pray that the anointing of God would anoint these words and cause them to become life and spirit to us today. Not just information, but let it become revelation that takes us to another dimension. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Somebody shout amen. Good stuff. The eyes of compassion. Uh, It's very difficult today to come to church And to be a part of church, and if you've been a part of church for any extended period of time, it's really hard to not run past people who have experienced this thing called church hurt. Somebody say, ooh. Church hurt is a real thing. I know so many people who have been disappointed or hurt by the church or people, I'm sorry, let me say it this way, by people in church by by leaders in church because i want to make sure that as i start talking about church hurt that you don't associate the church with the people in the church the, ch- the church is the church of the living god and this is this is the bride of christ and this is the hope of the future and so oftentimes we get mad at people that disappoint us in church okay individuals and we hold a grudge against the entire institution called church and so that's not a healthy way about going about looking at things. And so oftentimes, because we live in this dirt bag, hello, this suit, this made, this made, is made of dirt, I don't care how much you clean it, I don't care how much you perfume it, I don't care what you spray on it, it's still a dirt bag because it, it dissolves every day. And if you don't take care of it every day, it will remind you that it is a dirt bag that you live in. And so sometimes we're all dirt bags, and when we are dirt bags, we do dirty things. And when dirt bags do dirty things, then we hurt people around us, and that's so important for you to understand. Because sometimes hurt people can hurt people, and sometimes people in all types of positions, uh, if we don't do the work that's necessary, and this is why we encourage therapy, this is why we encourage counseling, this is why we encourage prayer, this is why we encourage uh, deliverance, because there's, there's things that can live in all of us, and if those things aren't dealt with, they can hurt other people. Somebody say amen. amen. And so you don't have to look far to find someone who's, dis- who's been disappointed by people in the church who have experienced church hurt. Uh, I guarantee you on your row right now, there's at least one person who has had a tough experience in this institution called church. Uh, and I know we're quiet right now as a church mice, but I guarantee you on the inside, some of us are agreeing and saying, amen, pastor, I know exactly what you're talking about. And some of your smiles and your grins on your face is telling me that you understand what I'm saying and where I'm coming from, because this has happened to a lot of us. And so oftentimes this church hurt causes a separation of ourselves from the institution of church. And and this is a tough thing to understand and it's a tough thing to deal with. And as a matter of fact, I, I recall when we first launched this church, I feel like one out of every three individuals that we had talked to as we were getting to know our dream team and people that were with us, we started realizing that about one out of every three persons that we met with had had some experience where they were hurt in this institution By people in the church. And so I understand and know that this is very true, but I want you to know this, that just because tough things happen in church does not mean that we should give up on church. Let me say that again for the people in the back. Just because, tough things, just because tough things happen in church does not mean that we should give up on church. And because I want you to know that Jesus is the hope of the future. I want you to know that the church is the bride of Christ. And for you to be angry with the, barb- with, with the church means that you're angry at his bride. And he loves this institution called church. He loves it so much that he gave his life for it. He loves it so much that he commissioned, he commissioned Peter and said, Peter, upon this rock, I want you to build my church that the gates of hell would not prevail. The church is the hope for this city. The church is the answer to the solutions that we have. The church has the, has the resources and tools and spiritual things that's going to help us live the life that God called us to live. And if we just so happen to give up on church altogether and be done with it, then we end up in a position where we can't be effective in what God called us to do. I know what you're saying. I hear you. I hear you in my, my spirit, somebody watching me online right now. As a matter of fact, I can feel someone watching online. This is my prophetic floor. now. I feel someone watching online that you've chosen not to physically come into church again. As a matter of fact, you made a vow and said to yourself, I will never dot a door of a church again. I will watch online because I can get what I need from afar. I don't need those people. Those people get on my nerves. You don't even understand what they did to me and how they hurt me and how they did all those things. I want to tell you, Jesus died so that we could be free, and Jesus died so that we could be set free from offense and anger and hostility. And I want to tell you, you're dealing with a spirit of unforgiveness, and you have to forgive those who have hurt you, and you have to forgive those who have done you wrong and realize that God still has a plan for your life and that this place is going to help you with accountability. This place is going to help you with your worship experience. This place is going to present an opportunity for you to come into and learn about Jesus. And just because you didn't like one church doesn't mean that every church is bad. Amen. Amen. Quick therapy session for us all. And so I, I love this situation that we're seeing in the text, because in this story told by Jesus, we watch the two church leaders react to seeing someone in a place of need. And these types of situations are the situations that flash back in some of our minds who have been heard in church settings that I was in a position of vulnerability and I didn't get the need or the help or the support that I was expecting. We see this this man who had fallen uh, in a bad situation. He had been robbed. He 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 went through what John 10 and 10 says, the thief coming but to steal, kill and destroy. And so the enemy came and he stole. He killed. He, he tried to kill him. He tried to destroy him and they left him for dead is what the Bible says. And the Bible says that a priest comes down the street priest with his garments on. He's dressed. He's ready to go. He's got his collar on. He's looking fresh. He's looking clean. He's looking like he's ready to serve the people of God. And 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 all of a sudden, he sees someone that's hurting, and he doesn't stop to take care of the hurting person. He actually goes and crosses the street. The Bible says he sees him, and he crosses to the other side as to avoid him so that he does not end up inconvenienced. And I just want to say this. I started out by talking about church hurt and how you have no excuse not to come back to church. But let me also say this. I apologize for anyone who, who, who represented church and wasn't the church the way that they should have been. Yeah, ah. yeah, because in a situation like this, the priest should have stopped and made that man his top priority. Oh. See, we've got to make sure that the people who come to church who are hurting, who are lost, who are who are going through things, have an opportunity to get to Jesus and have an opportunity to hear the voice of Jesus, have an opportunity to experience Jesus because they need him more than you'll ever know. There are situations and circumstances that sit in this room right now and people who are watching online right now. And if they don't hear a word from Jesus today, this could be the end of it all. This could be the moment in their lives that they hear a word that will change everything about what's going on in their lives. When I was younger and I was at church, church was not the place to talk and chill and and chat and text during the message because that message could actually save someone's life. That message could keep someone from putting a gun to their head. That message could keep someone from doing something stupid and foolish. That message could do something that would save their souls from burning in hell for eternity if they would respond to the message. And so we didn't walk during altar calls. We didn't move around during the message. We stood still and we allowed people to receive the gospel message because we knew that that message was going to give hope and that message was going to change their lives. This is why we stand for the reading of the word. This is why we get excited when the message goes forward for those of us who are new to church, because we understand that in church we heard a word from God that changed our lives forever. Don't believe me? Let me flash back to 1999, July 7th, 1999, as a 15-year-old boy, hearing, hearing the message preached in the story about the prodigal son. Hearing about the prodigal son messed me up on the inside, had me crying and snotting by the end of the message. My eyes were leaking and I didn't know why. The Holy Spirit was leaning on me and no one was distracting me from hearing the word of God. And because there was a sensitivity in the room and because we had priests who were concerned about people who really needed the voice of God, there was a word that was in the house and I was able to hear it because I was in a place where I could hear it. And when I responded to Jesus, I had people that were ready to help me go the next place and help me make the next jump so that I could grow in him. And this is what church is for. And this is the type of church, that Courageous Church, will be. And I want you to understand that we are not priests that will overlook the hurting. We are not Levites that will look upon the hurting of humanity around us and go the other way. As a matter of fact, I want to challenge some of you guys. I feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit in the room. I feel the Holy Spirit just moving right now in the room and conviction hitting our hearts because some of us can be guilty of being a little selfish. Some of us can be guilty of being a little self-centered, Some of us can be guilty of being so in a hurry to do what we want and to get what we want and to be where we want to be that we could look past people around us who are hurting, who are going through and who are experiencing pain. I want to tell you that there are people that are around you every day who have been knocked down by life. There are people around you every day at your job. There are people around you every day on the corners of these streets. Some of us, thank you, Holy Spirit, some of us look past homeless people and people that are in in situations like that and we look past them and some of us almost get mad at them. You almost get mad. I can sense you. I can sense that. You almost get mad that they would walk up to you and have a sign. They should go ahead and go to work and da 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 Yes, sometimes that may be the case, but sometimes someone really may be in need. Someone really may need that that extra uh, dollar or two. Yeah, they're gonna spend it on liquor. Yeah, that's not your position to judge that. Your position is to be a generous person that meets a need and whatever they decide to do with that is on them, but at least the Lord compelled your heart to be obedient and you have your heart in a place where you're always Willing to help those that are hurting, can I get a good amen? Do I have a church in this building right now who are ready to help the hurting? No matter what, we're gonna do what it takes. That's why every time I pass by a homeless person, my children know if I have cash on me, it's on and popping. I gave a guy $20 the other day. My kid was like, what? Yeah, that's what we do. If that's all I got, that's what they're getting. If I have cash, I'm giving it away. You need to practice being more generous to those that are around you because you have no idea how much your act of generosity could actually help someone who's hurting. My Sundays are always spent going to Starbucks. Usually I try to get into Starbucks. And when I go into Starbucks, I like to bless somebody that's coming right behind me. I like to bless somebody who's at the cash register. I like to pay for their stuff because you have no idea what that act of generosity is doing to help someone else's heart. I'm just asking, I'm just just asking to have a little heart here and not be like the priest that walked across the street because we are the church. We are the body of Christ. And whether you want to pin it on people who are in leadership in church, or you want to see yourself as the body of Christ because you are, we all represent the priest. Oh, this is good. We all represent the Levites if we show up to church regularly, and therefore we all have responsibility to care for the hurting around us. Sheesh. And so we saw it done wrong. What does it look like done right? I, I want to I, I look at this and see What this Samaritan did and how he responded differently to this situation. We saw the priest. He didn't do right. We saw the Levite. He didn't do right. Let's look at this Samaritan person and see what he did right so we could take note and do better, too. Can we do that? First thing is this. uh, He came where he was. If you're reading the text, I'm only preaching from the 33rd verse. For those of you guys, my, my scholars in the room, go back up to the 33rd verse, and it says, but a certain, but a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. I'm reading it in order, so I'm going to break it down, and I'm going to break this verse down, and that's all we're going to talk about today, and we're going to go home with Jesus' joy and challenged by the Holy Ghost. Amen? Amen. So number one, he came where he was. This is good, because he didn't see himself as too high to help. He didn't see himself as too high to help someone who was in need. Oh, this is good. He didn't see himself even as he was carrying on and had agendas and had things to accomplish. I guarantee you his day was just as busy as the priest and the Levites, but he didn't see his schedule as too high to be able to come down and help someone who was in need. My question to every single person in this room is what do you do when you see someone around you that's in need? Are you comfortable with sitting When you could help someone and doing absolutely nothing, because if you are, I want to challenge your heart to be more like Jesus. That's not the heart of Jesus. And I want to challenge that stingy spirit that may sit on top of you, that stooge spirit that may sit on top of you, and tell you that this is the reason why, and every other reason why you shouldn't be generous and you shouldn't help other people. And please believe me, if you think I'm talking about the church and the offering, I'm not talking about that. God's going to meet those needs. I'm talking about you and your heart to make sure that you're in a place where you can be generous and God can use you as a tool and a resource in this earth to help other people that are in need with the little bit that you have. I don't have a lot. Well, the little bit you got is probably more than what somebody else has find a way to be generous give a quarter give a dollar give something I was taught you man don't ever come to church without something to give as a teenager I was taught that you don't come to the house of God and I have something you don't show up to see somebody in, in need and give not give something and he didn't see himself as too high to help he didn't avoid him like the others did It's interesting that these priests, the priests and the Levites avoided this man and they did something different. They intentionally avoided those that were hurting and that is not the mentality that we need to have. The Bible says he came to where he was. He wasn't afraid of being close to the hurting. My goodness gracious. He wasn't afraid to come down from where he was. As a matter of fact, this is starting to sound a lot like Jesus. I love how Jesus comes from heaven to earth to show us the way. Come on, from the earth to the grave, my debts were paid, you know the song from the cross to the grave, from the grave to the sky, Lord I lift your name on high, but do you hear how it started, he came from heaven to earth, some of us are so heavenly minded that we're no earthly good some of us if our friends, if our children if people around us told us what they were dealing with, we would judge them and not even try and help them can I tell you, that's not showing compassion That's not being someone who has a Christ type of mindset. That's not being merciful. Being merciful means that you see someone hurting in a position of need and you do whatever God has given you in your power to do to help that person when they are in need. Somebody say amen. Amen. I remember while I was in elementary, my mom and I were placed in a place. uh, uh, This is this is a tough story for me. Uh, I remember my mom and I falling on a bad fortunes. We got, we'd gotten put out of a house that we were living in. i never forget, the lights went off and then the water went off afterwards. And then soon we found ourselves homeless. I think I had to be in second or third grade at the time. And we were in the city of Dallas and we had nowhere to go. We had no one that would open their doors to us at the moment, and I remember um, this was a tough time for us because we had to go knock on the doors of the Salvation Army that was downtown in Dallas. And we had to ask for a room to sleep in, a residence, a place to get into. And I remember my mom going back and forth with the director there saying, please, you gotta let me in my son. I got my son here. I can't, I can't be out here. And the, and the place was full and they didn't have anywhere for us to sleep, but they found a way to get us into that place. And I remember staying there for a couple of weeks as my mom got back on her feet and figured out where we were gonna go next. And I remember eating lunch and breakfast with strangers and folks that I had never seen before and we were all we all found ourselves in the same position eating from the same boxes of cereal that were put out for us and eating the same meals and sharing the same stuff and we all slept in the same quarters as we all were trying to get past these hard times that we had fallen on and so it's by it's no coincidence that right across the street from the church that we have now moved into is a residential salvation army where people are going to be helped in the same way and most people would have had an issue with moving across the street from a residential uh, Salvation Army. But I had no problem because I remembered where I used to be. Oh, this is good. <laughs> I remember where I used to be and the help I needed and the things that I needed. And when people who are in need walk up to me, I'm not turned off or afraid or scared of them, but I want to do what I can to help them because I remember being less fortunate. I remember needing the same cereal. I remember needing the same food. I remember needing the same shelter over the top of my head. And if some of you think hard enough, you can remember some hard times that you've been through. And if you'll start remembering the hard times that God brought you through, then maybe you'll help some other people get through some hard times that they're going through. And just maybe. Maybe you would not be so tough minded. And yes, just maybe you get off off of your blessed assurance and go help someone else that's in need around you and do something about what you see instead of talking about it, instead of being a negative Nancy, instead of being a, 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 a mad Mike. And yeah, I don't know what else I can rhyme to. uh <laughs> But but I want you to remember where God has brought you from and remember where you could be if he hadn't blessed you. Remember what you could have if he hadn't blessed you with that job. Remember your family and remember what he's done for you so you can be kind and generous and compassionate towards other people. You got to come down where people are and get off your spiritual high horse and do something about what you see around you. Can I get a good amen right there? Never forget. The low places God picked you up from. Jesus came down from a low place to reach down to rescue us. And if Jesus can come from heaven to earth, surely we can go from earth to the people. Number two, he saw him. The scripture in 33 says he 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 came to where he was. Hey, man, what is going on here? And then the Bible says he saw him. I won't preach this because this is really good. He saw him. If you're taking notes and if you're writing this out, write SAW in all capital letters if you're writing it out in your hands. Just SAW is so important here because oftentimes we can pass by situations and we can be near situations and we can be close to situations that are bad, but sometimes we don't do a good job of seeing what's really happening in front of us. We don't look it in the face and recognize what is really happening so that we can truly get an understanding of what's going on. To see something means that you have to do something about it. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. My kids are, uh, my kids are interesting. All of my kids are the same. Growing up, all of my parents can probably testify to this. There were moments when I was, when I was raising my kids where I was so busy doing things around them that they really wanted my individual attention. And so they would do things like call my name individually and say, dad, 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 hey, look, 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 check this out, check this out. And for a while, I, I, I didn't understand why they would have to call my name so much until the Lord began to help me to see that my children want to be seen by you, not just be in your presence. And so it's important. And he says, he says, when they call your name, pay attention and see what they're saying, because they're really trying They need your attention. They need your attention. And the only way you can give someone your attention is if you see their needs, if you hear them, if you are really paying attention to what's going on with them. And so I know what the sound sounds like when they really need my my attention. And when they really need my attention, I figure out a way to give them what they need because that's what they should get from their father. In hindsight also, this is what happens with the world around us. There are things that are happening that are right in front of us that we can see. And when we see the need, we should do something about it and give our attention over to it. Somebody say amen. Amen. Being seen says I have value. Being seen says I have value. Being seen says the people that you're looking at and the things and the situations that you're looking at, when you look at it and you actually give it your attention, you're actually giving value to it. You're giving value to that individual who feels defeated. You're giving value to that situation that feels uh, hopeless. You're giving value to that person that feels like they're unseen and that they're unimportant. You give value to people that you actually look upon and you see what is going on around them. I love this because this is an interesting situation Uh, I'm reminded of the woman with the issue of blood. Yeah, the woman with the issue of blood wants to talk here. You see, there was a woman with the issue of blood who came into a city where Jesus was, and she heard all of the chatter about Jesus, and there was a leader in the church, yeah, there was a leader in the church named Jairus, and his daughter was sick, who was 12 years old, and they had come to Jesus and said, we gotta get you to the daughter, because she's about to die, and as they were on their way to the daughter, the whole crowd and everybody moving in this direction, finally happy to see a miracle that they had heard about, and here comes this woman with this issue of blood, and the Bible says that she was so stubborn, she she didn't care what anybody thought. She was so she was so persistent. She didn't care what anybody felt. She pushed her way through that crowd and she made her way through the folks. And the Bible says she was hurting. She had, she had been bleeding for 12 years. She had been bleeding for 12 years, had an issue of blood. She was bent over and hunkered down. And she didn't care how much energy she had. She pressed her way through the crowd. And they kept calling her this woman with the issue of blood. And every time you read the scripture, it says woman with the issue of blood. And every time you looked up, it said woman with the issue of blood. But I love what Jesus. Jesus. Jesus says when he finally sees her you know what Jesus said Jesus doesn't call her woman with the issue of blood Jesus doesn't call her by her issue he calls her by her name because he saw her he goes from woman with the issue of blood to calling her daughter did you see it in the scripture have you ever seen it where Jesus goes from calling her woman with the issue of, well, everybody else, the scripture calls her woman with the issue of blood. Luke describes her as woman with the issue of blood, but Jesus describes her as woman. And he gives her, I'm sorry, he, he calls her daughter. I apologize. Daughter. He calls her daughter. So he changes her name and he sees her and he doesn't see her as an issue, but he sees her as a person. And he does something about what he sees. Oh, this is good. He does something about what he sees. And Jesus, Being full of glory, being full of passion, being full of the spirit of God. He does something about what he sees. See, being seen means I'm worth being looked at. Being seen means I am somebody. Being seen by Jesus means that I am recognized and I am seen. And I just want to speak to somebody in the world right now. And you may be a person that feels like that the world around you doesn't see you. They don't understand you. They're not paying attention to you. They don't really understand where you are and the pain and the suffering that you've gone through. I want you to understand that Jesus sees you and he doesn't just see you about your issue and he doesn't just see you because of your issue. He sees you because there is a hope and a future. He sees you because he wants to do something about what he sees. He, he, he sees you because he sees there's value in you and there's something left on the inside. He sees you because he placed you here on this earth because he has something that he wants to do through you. He sees you because he's going to redeem you. He sees you because he's not going to leave you the same way he found you just like he did for me he changed me just like he did for my mom he changed her from a, a prostitute on the streets and a drug addict to a woman who now goes back into the same streets to redeem people who are in prostitution and drug addiction he sees you and when jesus sees you he will change you oh jesus doesn't see anybody without changing them you don't come into the presence of jesus and not be changed i love the fact that when you see jesus and you have an encounter with him you will know that you were in his presence because he changes those who he comes in contact with this This is why 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 is so true. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, you are seen by him. You are recognized by him. You are a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. This is why you are new, because he sees you. Look at your neighbor and says, he sees me. Some of you don't believe it. That's why you didn't say anything. Look at the other neighbor. That neighbor was bougie. Say, other neighbor, (laughs) he sees me. And third, he has compassion. Did you see the scripture? Let me go back to the verse, because I'm just reading one verse today. I'm preaching from one verse. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He had compassion. Let me define compassion for you. Compassion is sympathetic pity and concern for the suffering or misfortunes of others. Maybe you needed compassion to be defined for you. Compassion is pitying those who are in a bad situation. Compassion is having concern for those who are in less fortunate circumstances. Compassion is seeing the suffering and willing to do something about what you see. This man saw the condition of his beaten, of this beaten and broken man, and he was moved with so much compassion that he could not just leave him. He had to help him. Compassion forces you to take action. Oh, this is good. Where there is compassion, it is always followed by action. You cannot have true compassion and not do something to take action. And so he takes action. He says, okay, I'm not the smartest guy. I'm not a paramedic. I'm not, I don't know exactly what to do, but he did something. Bible says he poured oil and ointment on his, on his scars and on his wounds. And the Bible says he was on an animal. He was riding an animal. He came down off the animal to put this hurting man up on the animal so that he could help him get to a place where he could be cared for. And the Bible says that he paid his own money. My goodness, how much compassion is this that you could meet a full stranger, pick him up off the streets, put him in your car, and take him to Tampa General? Not only take him to Tampa General, but pay the bill. Tell the doctors whatever he needs you take care of him. If you need more, come let me know. Here's my address. Here's my credit card. Put it on the card if it's needed. My brothers and sisters, that is the eyes of compassion. And that is what compassion looks like for the world that is around us. I've learned in life that action always follows compassion. And when I look at what just happened in South Florida, i moved with compassion. I don't know about you, but when I looked at CNN, as we were all hunkering down and putting up, uh, my goodness, storm, uh, what do you call these, shutters, praise the Lord. I'm a Texan. I was terrified when I looked in my garage and found out that I had shutters. I was, what in the world, where did these come from? I start getting shutters. I called a church, church member to help me put them up. <laughs> We got them up, man. Listen, both the person I called had no idea about Floridian stuff either. So we both was looking at the shutters like, which direction do we turn them? Do we? How do we do it? I got people looking at me now now like, Pastor, why you didn't call me? Because I wanted to do it myself. (laughs) I could take care of my family. Let me do it. So we got up on we got up on ladders. We put stuff up and, and and hunkering down because they said the storm was coming right for Tampa. And as we looked at the news and we sat and as we were putting, I'll never forget, we were putting them up, and I was halfway up, done putting them up, and they said, the storm just turned right. It's it's going south. It's going it doesn't look like it's gonna hit Tampa directly. Still wasn't enough for me not to put those things up. I was like, uh-huh. We were putting those things up and making sure that everything was careful. Somebody brought me sandbags. I was like, what do you do with these and why do we need them? Oh, I got real Floridian this week. I mean, listen, I'm a true Floridian now. You, listen, I got it in the blood. I said, no, you, put, you put these by the door so you don't get liquid coming into the house in case of flooding. I said, there will be flooding? What? <laughs> I was totally terrified. I was, I, was, I, was, I was locking down for the worst. Our house is totally dark inside. The shutters got everything dark, even though the light's outside. And we were ready for a storm. But thank God it we... We dodged the worst of the storm. We got a little wind, I got a tree knocked down in my front yard, they've already fixed it. Had heard a lot of howling wind and a lot of rain. And, but there were people that were south of us that had much more of a worse situation. People down south, right now they say that there's confirmed at least 60 people that have lost their lives. When I look in that direction, I see thousands of homes that have been totally destroyed. I'm talking to pastors and people that are down there now and they say what you see on CNN is just a small fragment of everything else that's happened. You're seeing a few homes. There are thousands of homes that have been totally pulverized by the wind and the the hurricane and the storm that passed through there. There are thousands of people still without power today. This ought to make you be moved with some type of compassion to want to do something. They say that the power situation was so bad down there that the entire grid of power was blown out of place and they have to actually re-put the grid. I've never heard of such a thing. They have to actually re-put the infrastructure down for power to come back into these areas. There in Port Charlotte, there in uh, Fort Myers, there in Naples. If people are gonna be without power, they say, possibly for a couple of weeks. Can you imagine? the situation can you imagine how tough that is I was hearing the news just last night and they were talking about the, 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 the next couple of weeks and how tough this is going to be for the standing water that it can actually produce disease that some of these people are still trapped in and because they don't have power and because they don't have the resources they need and boats to come and get them from some of these places we still have elderly people trapped in their homes with their feet in water and I, I had enough I said, I I can't look at this and not do something. I, I, I I, I can't be this grateful about this storm not hitting us and I'm able to take my shutters down and still look at my home the same. And I do something for those people who have lost all they have without enough insurance to cover whatever, cars filled with salt water. What are we gonna do? What am I gonna do now that I'm a pastor And I'm watching a natural natural disaster happen in my state. Well, one thing I didn't have an option to do was nothing. And so I got on the phone. I made some calls. I said, listen, what are the needs? What is it that you guys need? And although we don't have a lot of money because we're finishing up this building, and I'll tell you, Jesus, we need the Lord. Hallelujah. We're coming down to the thick of everything. And I was like, Lord, we don't have a lot of resource, but the little bit that we have, can you show me what to do? And the Lord began to say, you may not have a whole lot of money, but you got a lot of connections. Call the right people. I said, okay, Lord. So I get on the phone with Bishop Jakes down in Dallas. And I remember when I was on staff, we had an organization, a missions arm at our church. It was called MegaCare. MegaCare has helped thousands of people around the world by providing aid and support and truckloads of things that are needed when people go through natural disasters like what just happened down in South Florida. And they, when I called, they said, we're so happy you called because we just needed a partner, somebody down there that we trust in Florida. And since you're a son of the house, we're going to do something. We're going we're gonna to put, we're going to put, listen, we trust you to help us steward these resources that we have here in our warehouse. And we can send three to four truckloads of help down of water. We can send three or four truckloads of cleaning supplies, three to four truckloads of non-perishable food items for, to help some people that are down there. And the, if you can just show us a place that we can get this stuff to, can you make sure we can get 18 wheelers in? Because they're 54 foot long and we're going to fill them full of things that's going to help bring some help to those people that are down there hurting. And I said, OK, we can do that. I can figure that out. So I get on the phone and I find a pastor, an arch pastor, a pastor that's a part of the same organization that I'm in. And, and, and this guy is interesting because it's, it, he's, he just launched his church. Guess when he launched his church, y'all? A week after we launched ours. They're not even two years old. They meet at a Regal Cinema uh, movie theater. They meet at a Regal Cinema and, and everything they have has been washed away and their people are trapped and stranded. And they're in a part of their city where there's not as much aid and help coming in their area. They're north of their they're south of, 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 of Fort Myers, just south, right at the, at the edge of North Naples. And they are in massive need and they've been trying to find somebody who will come. And so I called them up. I said, listen, Pastor. We're going to do something. We're going to bring some help in your direction. And we're going to do something about those people that are stranded where you are. His name is Pastor Shane. And so we were given the green light to come down and along with MegaCare to partner with them. And this is what they need in order for them to do what they need to do in order for us to do what we need to do to the for the for as a church. I I just volunteered us. I said, we're going to figure it out. And so our little baby under two year church, we're going to do something about this. We're going to show up and be hands and feet of Jesus. Are you with me? So this is how you can help. Right now, we need a couple of things. Number one, I'm going to take another offering at the end of this service. And the offering that comes in after 12 o'clock right now, every dime of it will go to help us with what we need to be able to help with this situation. There's a few things that we need to provide as a church that are locally driven They're gonna send the truckloads of things that we need they're gonna they're gonna do all they gonna pay for the gas They're gonna do those kind of things But there are some things that we need to do We need to get a forklift in that area somehow so that they can get the stuff on and off the trucks We need there's a few things we're gonna have to do They don't have hotel services and things of that nature there because everything's off the grid They have no power So there's some things we're gonna have to do to go down to take care of our team in order to be down there And here's what I need I need about 40 people I ain't scared. We need 40 people to sacrifice this coming Saturday to drive down we'll leave this city at 7 a.m. We'll make it to North Naples around, around 10 a.m. and we will be a part of the distribution team who will hand out those items to people that are in need. They will pull their cars around. uh, Megacare knows how to make the noise necessary in the city. They'll let the city know that we're gonna be coming. They, They are specialty at this and they're going to head this thing up leadership wise as we come and we lend our volunteers to help serve these people that are in need. Can I tell you, there is nothing greater than to have an opportunity to help someone in need when God has met your needs. And so this is what we need you to do. I need 40 people to sign up today and I need the Lord to move on your hearts now. This is a different kind of message. This is a different kind of altar call. Today, the response to this message is, I will help serve pastor. I'll sacrifice my one Saturday to go down and come back the same day. I forgot to tell you that. We'll be coming back probably around, (laughs) we'll be coming coming back around 4 p.m. on Saturday to drive back and be home between seven or eight o'clock on Saturday. So that is the plan for us to go down super early in the morning on Saturday, spend about three to four hours on. Uh, on-site doing the outreach. We'll have people prepping before, the day before, at uh, Pastor Shane's church. They're going to help prepare and prep with MegaCare already there the day before, and then we'll show up for the distribution and we'll get to be the hands and the feet putting things in people's cars, praying for them, encouraging them, telling them that Jesus loves them and he sent this aid just for them. Come on now. Somebody is going to be blessed by what we're going to be able to produce for them. And so what I need is I need 40 people. I need 40 people to I need 40 people to not just walk across the street. I need 40 people that won't pass by this situation. I need 40 people that will take this QR code that's on the screen behind me and around me. And fill out this registration form to say I want to be a part of this team of people who are going to go down to Naples and serve those that are in a hurting situation. Serve those who have been torn down. Serve those that have, that have been stripped of everything that they have. This is a different kind of service because I'm looking for people who not just want to come to church, but people who want to be the church. Can we be the church that can go to Naples for a Saturday, give up our Saturday to go down and help someone? can i see a show of hands of people who say pastor i'm with you i'll go i want to go i want to be there i'll give up one saturday to go down and help some people in need can i see okay great that's about 20 people that's about 20 i need 20 more of you guys i'm not scared to ask i need 20 more of you guys and and here's what here's what else i need too i need you to go on our website and if you're watching maybe you're watching online and you're not physically here pastor i wish i could do something i'm glad you asked you can give you can give, and we're going to do everything we can to put those resources. No, we don't do everything we can. We are going to put those resources that are given at this time towards this outreach. If we get enough resource, maybe we can get some buses so that everybody can preserve gas. We don't know what we'll be able to do yet. But one thing we're not going to do is nothing. I was up. I, I had about an eight-hour day yesterday just on the phone with pastors. You should have saw how many pastors I talked to yesterday trying to find somebody we could get these trucks to trying to find the right people that we could help, trying to find the right situation for our church to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Thank God there are so many people who are sending trucks and resources down to South Florida right now. There, they have tons of people who are thinking about them. Thank the Lord. But I ask the Lord to highlight somebody down there that's not getting a lot of help, that's not getting a lot of resource, and guess what, we found them. And this Saturday, they're gonna get some help. They're gonna get some relief. They're gonna get some support and I need you to be with me. I'm going, I want you to go with me. I want you to be there beside me. I want you to be the courageous church that we know we can be, and let's be the hands and feet of Jesus, just like you wished that someone would come here to help us if we had experienced this hurricane in Tampa. Can you imagine being in a position of need, needing everything, not just some things. You need new clothes, you need new food, you, need, you don't have pots and pans. You don't have your emergency paperwork. You don't, have, you don't have any of the things that you're used to having as safety and security. You don't have a place to live. You don't have shelter. You don't, you, there's, you don't understand how much these people are going through. But Jesus does. And that's why he made us his bride. So that we could care for his people like he does. And today, I want to challenge you to respond by saying, I will go and I will serve. Hey, if you're watching online, maybe you're watching at home, maybe you're at home watching, maybe you're at home watching. Hey, do me a favor. Um, uh, I need you to, Kevin, if you're listening to me right now, I need you to go and create a Linktree link on our Linktree, and I need you to put um, Hurricane In Outreach as the Linktree tree. And I want to make sure that if anyone is watching that is not in this room that desires to serve, I want you in the next couple of minutes, just give me a couple of minutes. Uh, my team will get on it quickly. We're going to put a link up so that you can sign up to serve as well. Maybe you're out of the city. Maybe you watch from another place. Maybe you live somewhere close and you want to drive down and be a part of this team that's going to go down into South Tampa and be a part of this outreach we're going to do partnered with MegaCare. I want to tell you something. Bishop doesn't do anything small. This is going to be a big deal. It's going to be well organized. They're sending their staff down guys listen to me they're sending their staff down four or five of their staff members at Megacare to make sure that this is facilitated the right way so we have the right support. We have the right infrastructure all we need is the people. We have that right let's go. Come on that's what I want to hear. Let's go. Let's go I want more I want I want more than blank stairs right now. I want more than walking across the street to the other side saying well my Saturday I, I got I got Pastor you know I got something Listen. This is one Saturday I'm asking you to cancel anything you can to be there to help some people that are in need. I won't ask for your Saturday much, but this Saturday I'm asking for it so we can go down and be the hands and feet of Jesus. Are you with me? I said, are you with me? CC, are you with me? (laughs) We have in church and we're going somewhere. Amen. Amen. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. I know I've challenged you greatly today. But I want to remind you of what the call is. The call of action today, if the Holy Spirit would lead you and prompt you, I want you to be moved with the eyes of compassion. I want you to have eyes towards someone else other than just yourself. I want you to do what you can to help. And right now we need two, we need three things actually. Number one, we need you to give. Anything that's giving after this 12 o'clock hour right now will be given to help us to take care of people that are in need. So I want to ask you to go above and beyond what you would normally give. I am. We're not that church. I promise you. If this is your first time coming, we don't take two offerings. I promise you. But today we're taking two offerings because I want you to go above and beyond and be moved by compassion to give something that's going to help us go down and make a greater impact there in South Florida. That's number one. Give number two. I want you to serve. I want you to go down with us. If you can go with us, I want you to do everything you can break every rule you can to go down and help someone else that's in need. Let's do that. Let's make sure we do what we need to do. Call the babysitter. Ask anybody to help do whatever you can. If your kids are old enough, bring them down. They need to see what serving looks like as well. Amen? And number three, I want you to join us for prayer on Wednesday morning. Wednesday morning, we're going to be praying for those people that are in South Florida specifically. Saturday morning at 6.30 a.m. Everyone in this room, link. Wednesday, what did I say? Saturday, thank you. Thank you, team. Wednesday morning, we pray every Wednesday at 6.30 a.m. Wednesday at 6.30 a.m. You can find the link in our link tree as well. or You can go to our website. But you can find the Zoom link. You don't even have to show your face. Just pop your your Zoom link in and just join us for prayer. We're praying for those who are in need. We're praying for those that are down there. I want you to join me. Much prayer, much power, little prayer, little power. We need a lot of prayer behind these people that are suffering. And so I want you to join me for corporate prayer at 6.30 a.m. And so those are the three things you can do. You can give, you can serve, or you can pray. And here's the thing. You don't have an excuse not to do at least one of those. Amen? Amen? You got to do something. Do something. Commit to doing something. But we're not going to sit back and do nothing. And I want you to know that this is going to be a church that's going to get into the fight. And if you came to be a part of a, a, a clean church that doesn't like to get their hands dirty, you came to the wrong place. I'm sorry. This ain't it. This ain't it. <laughs> this is the church that's going to get into a fight. We're going to get dirty. We're going to get grimy. We're going to do what we got to do to help those that are in our need. Amen? Let's pray and uh, let's respond to this challenge. Hey, for those of you guys who had a hard time trying to find that link, don't worry. I've got people waiting in the lobby with uh, with devices so you can sign up. So on your way out, not only do your video, of your testimonial, but I want you to sign up so that you can be a part of this team that's going down. I wanna see 40 people signed up by the end of this day. Do whatever you gotta do. Pray about it, move your schedule around, do what you gotta do. Find a way to get there and be a part of this. You want to do this. I can't see that. We have 38. My goodness gracious. There we go. Hold on. Hold on. Are there two more? <laughs> Actually, you know what? My wife and I haven't signed. We haven't put our names on there. There we go. There's our two. Actually, three. I'm taking my son, David. He's going to go down and serve as well. You signed, <laughs> you signed him up. Great. So we, we, have, we, have, we, have four, we have 41. Beautiful. 41. There you go, guys. Look at you being the hands and feet of Jesus up in this camp. Say again. The kids' ministry team, too? You said the whole kids' ministry team? I'm just... <laughs> you said the care team? Amen. Anybody that wants to serve, you can. We can take above and beyond 40. If we take more, we'll get done twice as fast. But we're, we're teaming up with their volunteers of about 30 down there, too. So between us, we'll have an army of people to help these people that are coming. We'll be able to take care of about 12 to 1,500 families. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? That's a big deal. That's a big deal. Wow. Wow, wow. Thank God for Bishop Jakes. Thank God for Mega Care. Thank God for resources. I tell you, when you think you can't do something, there's something you can do. Ask the Holy Spirit to highlight. Maybe you don't have it. Maybe somebody close to you does. And if somebody has it and they're willing to help you, then you have it now so we can help somebody. We're going to help some people this week. Amen. Don't forget 1 o'clock p.m. at the new building this coming Sunday. It's going to be a special celebration after we come back from helping and serving everybody. I mean, we might have to run around that building and tear the carpet up in that bad boy. I ain't I, I'm, I'm not I'm not bothered by it. we can we can tape it back down if we need to. It's going to be done well. But I'm ready to shout that place down with some thanksgiving and some praise because we have eyes of compassion. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you so much for compassionate eyes. People who see a need and feel a need. People who see the hurting and the lost like this person who fell in a bad space. Lord, I thank you that I'm not in a room full of people who were willing to look the other way. God forbid we be that kind of church. But thank you that we are a church that will respond. We are a church that will do something about what we see. And we are a church that will be moved with the eyes of compassion. Thank you this day, Father, that you've challenged us in the way that you have. You gave us the resources, the tools, and the connections to help people who are in need. And I thank you for giving us the strength and the scheduling. Move whatever you got to move, Father. Give us what we need, Father. Give us the grace we need to go down and make that thing smooth, Father. I thank you that families are going to show up and every bit of that stuff's going to be given away to those who are in need. God, we pray a special grace over those that are down there right now. Come on, let's just all pray right now. Open your mouth and just say a prayer for those that down there right now. Not just me. Just say a prayer real quick. Just say a prayer. Just follow, pray like it was one of your family members down there. Just real quick. Just everybody pray. If you're watching online, just pray. Pray for the people down in South Florida right now. Pray for Fort Myers. Pray pray for Naples. Pray, pray. Come on, pray for Port Charlotte. They, they need our prayers right now. Lord, I pray that they get that, that, that uh, electric grid back up quick and super fast. Lord, get them people there. Get it. Get it up faster than expected father i think you cnn's gonna pop up and they're gonna say they got power in jesus name father get it up get it dry that water up quickly father so the disease and issues and problems and and mosquitoes and issues and all that stuff god do only what you can do father we know that you are the god of the universe you can do what you need to do in this situation come down rescue those that are in need rescue those that are hurting father i pray that you would bring boats god do whatever you got to do god to save those that are still sitting in water father we bless you and thank you that we are safe and sound cause our brothers and sisters to be safe and sound cause that death toll to stop rising in jesus name father stop rising in jesus name be be the hands and feet, Father. I pray that you would activate your church. Lord, I pray for all of those who are there rescuing, those who are working tirelessly right now. I was talking to a pastor. He was so exhausted yesterday having to go home to no power and no AC after serving all day. But he's there doing something. Give them strength, Father. Give them supernatural energy, Father. Give them what they need to sustain them. Give them supernatural strength, Father. Give them what they need to continue to be your hands and your feet to serve those hurting people that are there in South Florida. We bless you and thank you that you're going to give us a grace to do our part. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody shout amen. You can do better than that. Somebody shout amen. Thank you for tuning in. Please be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel to hear more messages like this one. If you like what you heard, please share with your family and friends. Don't forget to connect with us on our website at CourageousChurch.online. Courageous Church. Courageous People.